Welcome to MTG Ectoplasm, your home for spirits and spirit decks in the world of Magic the Gathering. On this episode, I want you guys aware of an up-and-coming deck that's starting to make moves in MTGO. And since paper's starting to come back, you know, I want you guys ready there too. Do I got you curious? I hope so. So let's get this thing started, shall we? Let's go. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining me on this episode. I'm your host, Dwight, a.k.a. DeBlanco, a medium that wears an extra, extra large. You can reach out to me on Twitter at MTG Ectoplasm. Please follow. Also, I got an email, mtgectoplasm at gmail.com. Let me know how I'm doing. Am I doing a good job, a bad job, or should I not quit my day job? And finally, MTG Ectoplasm com you can find my latest and greatest episodes posted there and if you want to donate to the show i humbly would appreciate it and also you can sponsor this episode there now speaking of sponsors this episode is sponsored by rec productions rec productions is an awesomely disruptive crew of digital media and lighting production enthusiasts they produce killer audio and video content for businesses, artists, and anyone who wants to be heard and seen. For more information, visit their website, www.repproductions.com. That's www.rec, the letter D, productions.com. Repproductions.com. Check them out. Now, it's kind of funny about these people. Yeah, I do a show with them. Friday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern on Twitch. Just go to look for Rec Productions on Twitch, 9 p.m. Eastern, Fridays. I do a show there with my friend, my boy, James. It's called The Weekly Catch-Up, uh, starring Handsome and the other guy. You, can, you know who the handsome guy is, right? I hope so. Now, not that the pleasantries are over and done with, we said what we had to say. It's now time to let you know about this up-and-coming deck that I found about found out about two weeks ago. There was a gentleman. He was interviewed by the Merfolk Master himself, the Maharachi, the Mike Senpai, the guy that knows anything and everything about modern. That's Nikachu MTG. He was interviewing this gentleman named Mr. Siri MTG. And what happens is that this gentleman is playing a hardened skills affinity deck. Now you're going like, come on, Dwight. Come on, let's be serious. Affinity has been dead, dead for almost a year. If you come on, man. And hardened skills? Hardened skills is even barely even being played. Well, let me just tell you, ladies and gentlemen, this gentleman, this guy, okay, he's a master of this deck, and he's 
been making 5-0 victories left and right. He's, he's displaying it proudly. And there's a lot of things that he said that really, like, shocked me, stupefied me, and I'm like, are you kidding me, dude? And as a person who provides you content, there was something that caught my ear, and I wanted you aware of it. He was saying that this deck can take down almost every single top deck there is out there. And the fact that tribal players, for example, ourselves, that use the spirit tribe, it's nothing. Our deck means nothing to him. Like, it's not, it's not even a thought in his process. Now, I, 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 I'm bringing this up, not to sit there and say, go after him, get the pitchforks and the torches. No, 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 no. He's speaking humbly because every master has to have a little bit of that arrogance. Has to have that bit of like, you know what? I'm the best there is, the best there was, and the best there's ever going to be. Because that's what it takes to be a master. What I'm going to do today, ladies and gentlemen, is that I'm going to show you, I'm going to explain to you what the deck is. Explain to you the best matchups I face, the worst matchups, and how our deck can beat that deck, hands down. And it doesn't matter if you face this individual or you face anyone else that's playing that deck. Because I'll be honest with you, ladies and gentlemen, it's a mean, nasty deck. And the only reason why we haven't seen it is because people aren't aware of it. They're poo-pooing it. They're laughing at it. It's like hard and skills affinity, please. Please, that's a passe deck. Affinity hasn't been a thing in years since hard and skills. Come on. No, but I'm not going to lie to you, ladies and gentlemen. It's mean. It's mean. So let me break down the deck. All right? It is officially called Harn Scales or Harn Scales Affinity. It's running. Now, I'm going to go with creatures first. It's running one spell skite, one steel overseer. Now, I know most of you are like, come on, Dwight, you just said this is affinity. One steel overseer? Let me just tell you, that, that, that card means nothing to this guy. To this master, it meant nothing. He was like, eh. It's not a flex card, but technically it's a flex card. I was like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Steel overseer? Affinity? What? Okay. Let me keep on going. Four arcbound workers. Four hangerback walkers. Four walking ballistas. I know what you're saying now. Like, oh, now I hate this thing. Now I hate this deck. Let me keep on going. There's one more creature left. Four arcbound ravengers. Yeah, that's pretty bad. That's bad. And I, I, I haven't even broke down how this deck works yet. 
Now, let me go to the just generic non-creature artifacts. He's running one throne of Geth, two animation modules. Now, you're like, please, Dwight, what the hell? No, you, you need to be aware of that. It's not, it's not a key card, but it is a card to keep an eye on. Three, the Ozolith. Yep, yep, the card from, you know, Ikoria, the Ozolith. Then you have three wielding jars. Why would we not want a wielding jar? With a whole bunch of artifact creatures, especially for zero mana. Now, in instance, he only has one snakeskin veil, and in sorceries, he only has four ancient stirrings. Oh. Then finally, he rounds it off with enchantments, four hardened scales. Now, if this is the first time you've heard of Hardened Scales, let me read you the card. It's one green. If one or more plus one plus one counters would be put on a creature you control, that many plus one plus one plus one counters are put in, on it instead. That's an important card. That's an important card. Just, just, just so you know, it's Harn Scales. It's named, the deck is named after it. It's an important card. Let me get to the lands. One Phyrexian's Core. One Pendlehaven. One Nurturing Peatland. One Urborg Tomb of Yagmoth. One Blinkmoth Nexus. One swamp, two forest, four land war waste, four dark boar pathway, four ink moth nexus. Notice how I, I emphasize that card. Four land war reborn. Hopefully you're starting to see what's happening here. If you play modern or have played modern in the last three years, you know how you know affinity, you, you should know how hard skills is. You should see you, you, just me saying these words go, oh, this, this is this kind of mean. Let me finally go to the sideboard. You got one seal. Of Primordium, one Graft Digger's Cage, one Pithing Needle, two Relic of Progenitus, two Assassin's Trophy, two Dampening Spheres, two Gem Razors, and three Fatal Push. And then finally, of course, why not since everything in his deck is two mana less, Loris of the Dream Den. You know, I know, we both know, we all know. He's using this as a companion. 
This isn't a good card, ladies and gentlemen. This is a really mean card, and I'm just happy there's just one. Because at the at each turn, he can cast one permanent with a converted mana cost of two or less from the graveyard. That's important here. That's really important. And I'm going to explain to you why. Because these are the cards that you need to focus with. Uh, you need to focus on when playing against this deck. Loris. Loris of the Dream Den. Because the fact that he can sit there and sacrifice and bring back creatures or regular artifacts or whatever permanent that he wants. Okay, your goal, ladies and gentlemen, is to exile this bad boy. The next card, Harn Skills. So these are two cards so far. You're like, mm-hmm. Harn Skills, why? Because it gives creatures plus one, plus one when they come in with a token. The Ozolith. The Ozolith. Why are we worried about the Ozolith? Because say if a creature dies and has a plus one plus one token, guess what? That plus one plus one token doesn't die with the creature. It goes onto the Ozolith. And the scary thing about the Ozolith, at the beginning of your... Uh, let me read it again. At the beginning of combat on your turn, if the Ozolith has a counter on it, you may move all counters from the Ozolith onto target creature. So say if that creature had five plus one plus one counters, it, when it dies, it goes onto the Ozolith. Now they decide to attack. I can remove all those beautiful five little plus one plus one tokens, put it on that creature, and now it's dealing damage. There's a card that I mentioned before that I'm, I haven't got to yet. Haven't got to yet. That's really scary with this Ozlith concept. The next card I want you to keep an eye on is Arcbound Ravenger. Arcbound Ravenger. And why? Because this creature, this 2-2 artifact beast, sorry, not 2-2, two, two, two mana cost beast that comes in with a 1-1 one, one, plus 1, uh, comes in with a 1-1 one, one token on it. Sorry, misspeaking left and right here. The card reads, sacrifice an artifact, put a plus one, plus one token on Arcbound Ravenger. If the whole entire deck is pure artifacts, you're telling me I can sacrifice five artifacts, Arcbound Ravenger gets five plus one, plus one tokens, he attacks, oh, I, you know, it dies. Now the Ozolith has six. Why? Because it came in with a plus one, plus one token. Kind of scary. Kind of scary. And then don't forget Harn Scales. Because the fact that I sacrificed a creature, so say if I sacrifice an artifact, I'm sorry, I get a plus one, plus one token because of Arc Brown Ravager, and I get an additional because of Hardened Scales. 
that's two for one, baby. And if you sacrifice five, that's 10. That's 10 plus one plus one tokens on that creature. You attack, it attacks, it's 11, 11. That's scary as hell. And the one part, the one thing I was like, mm, mm, and it's in the land section, ladies and gentlemen, is Ink Moth Nexus. A land. Why? Tap one, one generic mana. Ink Moth Nexus becomes a 1-1 one, one Blink Moth Artifact. Creature with flying. And it has Infect. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have not been playing Magic in less than what? Let's say two years? And you're unaware of this infect ability. All your opponent has to do is 10 points of infect. You lose the game. And I just showed you how easily with Arcbound Ravenger and Hardened Skills, you can easily get to 10. And the funny thing is how Ink Moth Nexus is just a humble little 1-1 flying creature. It flies over almost every single deck that are out there, except for one. And we'll get to that in a second. Now, the best matchups, this master, and Mr. Siri MTG stated, were control decks. He can easily destroy control decks, mid-range decks, without a problem. Tribal. Hmm. Heliod Company. Currently the best deck in modern, and he has no problems beating it up. We struggle a little bit with it. I'm going to tell you it's not the best matchup for us, but he has no problem beating the crap out of that deck. And also creature-based decks. He has no problem beating them down. Kind of funny, look at our deck. I'm not going to say it's mid-rangey. It's more of a tempo, tempo deck. But it is tribal and it is creature-based. Bad matchup. But there's a huge but, and I love butts. And I cannot lie. I'm going to get that to that in a minute. That, that goes along with what I stated before. Bad matchups. Creatureless combo decks. Does a bad time. Bad time with. Amulet Titan. Everybody has a hard time against Amulet Titan. Tron. Well, we have a hard time with Tron too. Jund Death Shadow. That's one matchup we got great against. Or... Over 50%. I'm, I'm going to say about, we're, we're at 55% there. He sucks against it. Why? Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is the reason why those are bad matchups. Because of creature removal. He can constantly beat down those creatures left and right and destroy them. If we can sit there and remove Loris 
put him in the graveyard or remove him from the game, whatever we got to do to kill Loris, we have a standing fighting chance. Now, fortunately, I appreciate Nikachu MTG, the modern, uh, the modern master, the merfolk master himself, because I asked a question. And ladies and gentlemen, this is the question that I asked him to ask this master of Heart and Skills Affinity. What is the tougher matchup, Azorius or Band Spirits? And which spirits give your deck a hard time? Now, I know many of you are sitting there like, well, Dwight, why would you ask such a very broad question? Which spirits give him a hard time? And why such a narrow question of watch which version of spirits bothers him, Azorius or Bant? Well, if you've been playing spirits for quite some time, you know there's a little bit of difference between each one. But Mr. Siri MTG decided he's going to answer the creature question first. Without, like, taking a, a breath, he stated, Spell Queller and Skyclave Apparition. These are the spirits that bother him the most. And why? Why do you say? Is because when Spell Queller enters the battlefield or when is cast and decides to exile that person that person's spell that he casted think about it ladies and gentlemen if they're casting a hanger back walker or a walking ballista and our spell queller goes away they get a zero zero it's dead it's gone it's bye-bye Same thing with Skyclave Apparition. Oh, you know what? We're going to exile that creature that you have on the battlefield. Oh, you, you kill my Skyclave Apparition? Now you have a zero zero spirit, blue spirit. On your... on oh, oh, no, no zero. Oh, that's right. Zero zeros can't live. Sorry. And that's how we go around destroying their deck. Just by those two creatures. Now, the ones he specified, the certain cards that scared him the most for us attacking or dealing with was uh, Hardened Skills and the Ozolith. If we somehow can remove the Ozolith or Hardened Skills from the game, we have a better chance of undermining their deck and going for the victory. He also stated that the hardest thing about facing spirits is that we don't put one spirit in, a t in on the battlefield one at a time. If we put two at a time, 
three at a time. And especially if we have a Lord on the battlefield, it makes it really hard to kill with the walking ballista. Makes it very difficult for him to destroy our creatures with the walking ballista. He hated the fact that what? We had rattle chains that can flash in immediately, give one of our creatures hexproof, and he does nothing. Absolute nothing. He's sitting there twiddling his thumbs. If he's twiddling his thumbs with rattle chains, just imagine what he could do with drug school captain. He's worried about lords. And if we have drug school captain, that's a lord with hexproof that gives the rest of our board hexproof. He's doing nothing twiddling his thumbs he may say he has the best matchups against tribal decks i say yes yes you do not against spirits pal nope nope not at all now he decided to go after that he's he's like well you know when dealing with azorius and bant the deck that I have a hard time dealing with is Bant. And, you know, it makes sense. It makes tons of sense. And why? Because of Coco, Collected Company. Unfortunately, I, I'm a huge fan. I love Azorius. Huge fan of Azorius. But more recently the way that modern is being used bands i have to say is the better build currently and why because of coco because of collected company the fact that we can sit there take one card for four mana and vomit out creatures that can basically destroy disrupt their board state or make our creatures bigger where we just sit there and smash them over and over and over again you can't beat that a one card just vomiting onto the battlefield and they can do nothing absolute nothing What do you think, ladies and gentlemen? Am I wrong in thinking? Like, it's a meat deck. It's a great deck. You know, if you wanted to play this deck, ladies and gentlemen, and you hate doing math, don't pick it up. Don't play it. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Don't do it to yourself. But, you know, I, I, I look at the current players the guy the the people who are five owing all the time in my shout out section that are using the bands build and in their sideboards are you what two pithing needles two path to exile two force of negations three dampening sphere three burn forge tenders and three uh rest in peace you know what ladies and gentlemen I understand why it's that way right now, but I'll let me let me give you a couple clues just in case if this deck does officially take off that ends up becoming something. I know some of you are going to poo-poo this card, but I want you to think hard about it. 
and that's Unsettled Mariner. Just think of what Unsettled Mariner can do. The fact that he has to pay mana to do what he wants. I feel bad for you because you're, you're basically tapping yourself out. Another card, Stony Silence. Not saying we need, need either one of these cards right now. I think we have enough space right now, just but the fact that we have Supreme Phantom with the big booty, the 1-3, that pumps up our creatures. Drug School Captain that provides hexproof and pumps up our guys. Rattle Chains that pumps up our guys. Selfless Spirit that protects our guys. I have enough belief right now. I have enough belief that our current build state, especially in Bant, can hands down take down this deck. Now, I brought up one card in particular in his deck that I want you 100% aware of because it's easy to miss, and that's the Ink Moth Nexus. I want you aware of that. Because I know we're so quick to go, oh, we're going to attack with our flyers and not hold any flyer back to protect our board or to keep it for defense. Because we're like, you know, Skyclave Apparition, it doesn't fly. You know what? I'll hold it back for defense. That's what we generally do, right? If you see Ink Moth Nexus on the board, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you're not just in there going, mm, I'll poo-poo it. I'm going to poo-poo that card. Because remember, if they sacrifice all their, cre you know, sacrifice all these artifacts, and then the Ozolith gets all those plus one, plus one tokens on the beginning of the, un like un in the beginning of combat phase, they can put all those plus one, plus one tokens on this Ink Moth Nexus game over. Game over. I don't want that to happen to you. This is a mean and nasty deck if you're not ready. The secret, when game one, you go in and smash as quickly as you can. Show no mercy. Game two, you know, be a little reserved, but still show no mercy. Go after the, the hardened scales. Go after the Ozolith. Make him hate the fact that you know you know that Arcbound Ravenger is a piece of excrement. Make him hate life. The fact that, oh, I'm going to Skyclave either your Walking Ballista or your Hangerback Walker. Think about how nasty Hangerback Walker is in this deck. I, you know, this is one thing I didn't even mention. When the creature dies, it gets plus one, uh, one, one, colorless, Thopter artifact creature tokens that fly for each plus one plus one token on this. So hanger backer hanger back walker dies. Oh, I let's say I sacrifice it to the arcbound ravenger. Okay, arcbound ravenger gets uh, uh, plus one plus one token. Hardened scales is on the plate. Now it gets two. Say that the hanger back walker had what 
three. It was a three three. Oh, that dies. Guess what? I get three little one. They get three little one ones. Oh, those three little one ones go on to what? Oh, that's right. It goes on to Ozolith. Beginning of combat. That goes on to another creature per one. Hardened scales. Boom, boom. It keeps on getting bigger and bigger. And then they put it on the eighth mag nexus. And there you go. Victory. Or if not, they put it, try to put it on the walking bless of the shoe chew, right? Right in the, right between the eyes. Victory's ours here. This is our victory. This is a, this is, I'm not going to say this is an easy victory, but the victory is ours here. If you play it right. And ladies and gentlemen, I believe in you. I 100% believe in you. Now that I said what I had to say, it is now time. That's right. It is now time for the shout out section. I'm looking for the best of the best, the cream of the crop, the creme de la creme. In Pioneer, April 27th, first place with an Azorius build in a Pioneer Royale, Nar Gentfoot. I'm not going to try to repeat that because that's brutal. Nar Gentfoot. Okay, I just did it. April 29th, went 5-0 with a band build in the MTG Ogleave. KVZA. KVZA. April 29th with a 5-0 build. It with a sorry, 5-0 with a mono blue snow build in an MTGO league. Mazuku 94. Thank you for proving that Spirits is the best deck in Pioneer. Now in modern. Modern. April 27th, went 5-0 with a band build in an MTGO league. The one, the only, the incomparable, Dr. Queller. April 4th, 5-0 with a band build. You see, ladies and gentlemen, band's doing something here in an MTGO league. Phil Online. Thank you, gentlemen, for proving that Spirits is the best deck that's right, the best deck in modern. I believe in you, ladies and gentlemen. If I didn't say your name this week, keep on fighting, keep on trying. I promise you eventually I'm going to say your name and I'm going to say it with pride because not only I believe you, believe in you, the spirit, the, the spirit community believes in you, I believe the people on Reddit and the Discord believe in you. This is a brotherhood and a sisterhood. Ladies and gentlemen, there's no doubt about it that we can prove over and over again. They're trying to tell us right now that Spirits is a tier two league, a tier, uh, uh, a tier two deck. No, I, I'm no, I'm not accepting that. I refuse to accept it. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank my sponsor, this episode, Rec Productions. That's right, Rec Productions. This is an awesomely disruptive crew of digital media and lighting production enthusiasts. Let's, let's make this. Produce killer audio, awesome video content, 
if you're a business person or if you're an artist or look, if you're just looking to be out there and just want to be seen, ladies and gentlemen, this is the place to go. Go get, go check them out. Look at their website, www.recproductions.com. That's right. www.rec, the word rec, the letter D productions.com rec productions. And finally, like I said before, like I said before, you can see me live on their Twitch channel Friday, 9 p.m. This Friday, 9 p.m. on Twitch. Just look for Rec Productions there, and you'll see me with the weekly catch-up with Handsome and the other guy. Now, one more I have to say. Huh. Follow me on Twitter. Email me at mtgectoplasm at gmail.com. And go to my website, mtg.com, mtgectoplasm.com. You know what, ladies and gentlemen? I had fun. I had a great time. And you know what? Make your opponent say, that's boo sheet. Good night, everybody.